0: It is good to be with you this morning. I'm excited to open up God's Word with you this morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, would you go to Mark chapter 4 with me? Mark chapter 4, we're going to start chapter 4 this morning. We're going to look at the first 25 verses there, talking about the evidential aspect of God's salvation. The evidential aspect of God's salvation, continuing our series through the Gospel of Mark. Well, at this point in Jesus' earthly ministry, we encounter his teaching of what's known as parables. Uh, which he, he begins uh, sharing things in story form. So we're, we're not necessarily looking at a, a narrative this morning. We're looking at a couple parable teachings of Jesus with the crowds and with his disciples as he explains those. And, and as I was reading this text, I was thinking uh, about some of the great storytellers. And when, when I think about storytelling, and, and this will tell you who I am, When I think about storytelling, I don't think of like great authors in these these classic novels and all kinds of things. Although when I walk into Barnes and Noble and they have those classic novels, those really cool covers, like I just want to buy all of them, right? Because it helps if you just say you own them, whether or not you've read them, we'll we'll get to that later, right? But when I think about storytelling, you know who I think of? I think of Mr. Feeney. Anybody watch Boy Meets World? Like, that, that was my show growing up, and Mr. Feeney was a great storyteller, and he always told stories. There were similarities to Mr. Wilson on Home Improvement. He always told stories standing at the fence, right? The Matthews family lived right next to Mr. Feeney, who somehow ended up being Corey Matthews' teacher every grade as he went through school. I'm not really sure how that happened, but oftentimes the uh, young Corey would walk out to uh, the backyard and go to the fence and Mr. Feeney would be out there and he would ask for advice on things and sometimes Corey's older brother Eric would go ask for advice and Mr. Feeney would share a story with him and oftentimes Mr. Feeney would share a story and a piece of advice and Eric would act like he got it and then he would go do the exact opposite. Because he wasn't understanding what was happening. And and as I was reading these parables, and and Jesus says that that some of these things you're not understanding. Well, the Boy Meets World episode that came to mind was actually when the dad, Alan, went out into the backyard and he had a conversation with Mr. Feeney. And his wedding anniversary was coming up. And Mr. Feeney knew that about Alan and Amy because they had been neighbors for a really long time. And so Mr. Feeney asked Alan, he said, well, what did you get Amy for your anniversary? It's coming up. And Alan gets really excited because he, he's got this great gift that he's going to give her in a couple of days, right? And he, he kind of builds it up and he says, I got her a trash compactor. <laughs> Mr. Feeney says, you got her what? He says a trash compactor and it's a great Gift. It's a perfect gift because that's what she asked for. And Mr. Feeney says, well, she may have asked for it, and that would be a great gift on, say, a Tuesday. <laughs> but not your wedding anniversary. And, and here's, here's the funny thing about that story. We, we laugh about that because we sitting on the outside hear that story we watch that episode and we see like why why didn't Alan get it like his wedding anniversary was coming up it should be something really special and he buys his wife a trash compactor and I think oftentimes when we look at God's word and we look at these parables we we see the crowds and we see the disciples and we read Jesus' word and see what he's teaching, and we say, How couldn't you understand that? But yet there were often times where Jesus was teaching and the crowds didn't understand, and the disciples, even themselves, didn't understand it. And, and Jesus actually speaks to this in verse 10. Look, look with me at Mark chapter 4. We're gonna look at verse 10 through 12. Uh, initially, because I think this is actually the interlude between these two parables that we're going to look at this morning. He says in Mark chapter 4 and verse 10, and when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. So this is right after Jesus has just taught what's known as the parable of the sower. And he says in verse 11, and he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should be they should turn and be forgiven. You see, we look at these parables this morning and and I think it's easy, and even something that I initially did as I was reading the parable of the sower, and then you you get to uh, verses 13 through 20, and you see Jesus' explanation of that particular parable, and, and you say, well, why couldn't you just understand that when he taught it the first time? and And this is something that's hard to say, because... Parables are are heavenly stories that have earthly meanings. But the reality is that it's not a feel-good story like Mother Goose. It's not a a, a story like Mr. Feeney would share with his neighbors. It's not just a piece of advice that we can take and throw away and apply whenever we want to. You see, God's word is something that's heavier than that. And Jesus says The reason that some of these people don't understand is because they're not hearing. To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. So that they may indeed see, but not perceive. And may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So there's a purpose in these parables that we're going to look at this morning. And I want to give you our take-home truth up front. I want you to see where we're going. Here's our take-home truth for this morning. The evidential fruit of salvation is visible when the seed of the gospel takes root in a person's soul. So we're talking about the evidential aspect. What's the aspect of God's salvation? And it's fruit. It's fruit. The evidential fruit of salvation is visible when the seed of the gospel takes root in a person's soul. And I think many of us are familiar with at least this first parable. So with that take home truth in mind, look with me at the first parable in verse 1. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, listen. Okay. Here's here's one thing that we're going to see in these parables. There's actually a connection between our ears and our heart. There's a connection between our ears and our heart. Numerous times do we see in these parables uh, something to the effect of listen, right? Pay attention. If those have ears, let them hear. There's a connection between our ears and our heart. Verse 3 Listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground. Where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no grain, and other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain. Growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold fold and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, here it is again, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So our first parable that we're looking at this morning is the parable of the sower. And we can, we can look at these verses, and we, we see that there's a sower here, right? He's sowing seed, that there's four types of soil that the seed falls on, but we we don't want to just lean on our interpretation of what we think this parable says. So let's look at verse 13, where Jesus himself actually explains this parable. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So so what he's saying is, is that in this parable, you need to understand this parable to understand the rest of the parables coming forward. So like when you think of, when you think of school, and I know we have school-aged kids in the room with us this morning, when we think about school, you don't go to math class and start learning multiplication and division without having learned addition and subtraction first, right? So Jesus says, if you can't understand this parable, how are you going to understand the others? So he goes into verse 14. He says, the sower sows the word. So the seed that he's talking about, the sower sowing, is the Word, right? Verse 15, and these are the ones along the path. So here's our first soil. Where the Word was sown, when they hear, there's, there's our Word again, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the Word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. So here's our second soil. The ones who... When they hear the word, there's a word here. immediately receive it with joy. Verse 17, and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. So number three, they are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So we have four types of soil here within this particular parable. The first is the the seed that's sown along the path. And he says in verse 15, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. These are the hard-hearted. See, they hear the word, and they're immediately taken away. That they're not receiving it. They're hard to the seed of the gospel. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Verse 16, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves but endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So our second soil, that the seed of the gospel, falls on rocky ground. It says in verse 17, they have no root in themselves. Now, now I'm, not a, I'm not a farmer. I'm not a, a gardener. Like oftentimes, I kill things when I try to to grow them, right? Uh, But what I do know is that when you plant something, the seed has to grow and it has to take root because that's where its nutrients come from, right? So if the roots don't go down deep, they don't take hold of what they need to grow and survive, right? So you may plant a seed and if there's not consistent watering and caring for it, those roots don't grow and they don't go down deep. And so, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. These, these are the shallow. These, these are the ones who, it says, they, they receive it with joy. They receive it with joy. And, and later when, when we get to the, the fourth soil, when uh, the seed of the gospel falls on good soil, it says that it, it accepts it and it bears fruit. But here it says it, that it receives it with joy, that, that we hear what's being said in the word, right? We, we get excited about it. And, and the Greek word here that's translated into receive is to actually take. Right, that we see something that we believe is good and we just take it. Well, when we take it, we haven't counted the cost. We haven't received it as a gift. We haven't understood the fullness of everything that's going on. And there's no root. So it's not going down deep into our soul. So when the tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately fall away. So we we can ask ourselves the question with this particular soil, is that someone who trusted Christ and they immediately fell away when tribulation and persecution came? Did they lose their salvation? I think the answer to that is no. Because they didn't receive as a gift and accept the word of the gospel. They took it. They took it and the roots didn't go down deep because I I, I know in past weeks we've looked at Hebrews chapter 6 and and, uh, I love also going to John chapter 10 where it says that uh, Jesus talking about being the good shepherd, he says that no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. You see, we can't lose something that we didn't earn. It was given to us. So if we can't earn our salvation, then we can't lose it. So hear that when you see the word receive, that it's not the same word as verse 20 that's translated to accept. So these are the shallow who haven't gone deep into the root, the root growing into their soul. The third soil, the, the thorns, in verse 18, and others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things in, enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So, so again, if the evidential aspect of God's salvation is the fruit, Jesus says here that the seed that was sown among the thorns, there was no fruit, that they were actually distracted. Verse 19, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. I I did youth ministry for almost 13 years in Oftentimes, I would get to, to this point right here with baptism, that I would have conversations with students who were wrestling with the gospel. They, they had heard the gospel proclaimed, and they, they were asking questions, and, and we get to a point where, where they say, yes, that's what I believe but now we get to the place of publicly expressing that, publicly sharing that, and following in obedience with baptism. And now it seems like they're pretty distracted. That they're no longer showing up. That other things are getting in the way. And, and I think this, this particular soil, the ones that are sown among thorns, that they are those who hear the word... But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. You see, when we're distracted, there's not fruit that's being shown. All right, that yes, we say we hear the gospel, we may even say that we believe the gospel, but yet there's not evidential fruit, and we're oftentimes more distracted than we are focused on the mission of God. But let's, let's look at the fourth soil here. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word. Look, look at this process here. Are the ones who hear the word, accept it, they, they receive it as a gift, and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and a hundredfold that that these these are the folks who hear the gospel, they accept it, they receive it as a gift. It takes root in their soul, and now those roots start to go down deep, and now that evidential fruit starts to show outwardly, right? That 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 God has changed our heart, and now those things are starting to change on the outside, that we're literally changed from the inside out. And and the message here for us who are Christians is to sow the seed of the gospel that others might hear and respond. That that we don't just hear the gospel and do nothing with it and walk out of here as if we heard nothing, but that we hear the gospel and we're moved to a response, right? Right? Yeah, over the last few months you have you've heard the gospel you hear the gospel every week that's why we gather to celebrate the gospel but you have also heard a challenge to welcome people in our community right And ever so often you've had this challenge put in front of you of these community welcome bags that there are new people who have moved to Ankeny or maybe they've moved around Ankeny and just moved into a new house. And so we have that information. We want to welcome them to the community. We want to visit them. And so you've heard that challenge put in front of you uh, even just as recent as last week. You heard that challenge that we need to... We need to scatter seed, right? We need to welcome these people into our community and just begin a conversation with them. Share a welcome bag with them. Invite them to one of our services at First Family, right? You heard that challenge last week, and the challenge was put in front of you, not just to take a community welcome bag, but that by the end of our second service last Sunday, we want that table to be empty and all those community welcome bags gone, right? You heard that, and you responded and met that goal, and by the end of the second service, all those community welcome bags were gone, and we just want to thank you for doing that and participating in that, sowing the seeds of the gospel in our community, and we have another opportunity to do that. Uh, This coming Saturday, June 1st, we're going to be doing a VBS outreach, and, and we expanded a little bit on the community welcome bags uh, recently by doing an Easter outreach, right? And so now we want to do the same thing with VBS outreach. So some of these cards are available in uh, our kids' ministry Uh, Area And if you're available, and we we would like for you to to block this time out on Saturday at 3 p.m., we're going to meet here in the cafe area. We're going to pray over uh, our upcoming Vacation Bible School, and you're going to receive these cards, and we're going to go out into the community and scatter the seeds of the gospel by inviting people to bring their kids and to participate in gospel ministry here at First Family. So would you, would you consider uh, being a part of that? So we've seen this first parable, the parable of the sowers. We've seen the, the soil. And, and, and we want to focus in on the good soil here, the the end of the parable. So once the gospel has taken root, now fruit begins to be visible. Look at this second parable in verse 21 through Verse 25 this morning. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So we we read that parable, and, and I think back to, and maybe some of you guys in this room have this similar experience. You think back to to college days and and bachelor days before you were married. I, I oftentimes had a lamp, but I didn't have a table to sit the lamp on. So when the lamp is sitting on the floor next to your chair, it doesn't put out a whole lot of light in the rest of the room, right? And Jesus is saying in this parable that is a lamp brought in to be under a basket? Would we bring a lamp into the room and put it in a corner and... And cover it so that it doesn't show the light? Would we bring it into a room and cover it with a basket? Or would we plug in the lamp and turn on the light and then put it under a bed so that we wouldn't be able to see anything? But instead, why, why wouldn't we put it on a stand so that the light goes forth, right? This is similar language to what we see in The Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That those who have heard the gospel, accepted the gospel, received it as a gift, are now bearing fruit. And one of the ways that we bear fruit is by going forth as the light into the world. That we're reflecting the light of Jesus into a dark world, right? That we're not taking our light and covering it, uh, kids. You in the room, you probably know the song. Let this little light of mine, right? I'm gonna let it shine, right? That we're gonna we're gonna show it, right? That that I believe that Jesus. Went to the cross and died in my place and he rose on the third day that he's living and that I can have life in him. That he's given me the gift of faith and salvation and now I want everybody else to know that, right? But well, I think about a couple people in the history of the church that, that have done that. One of those men is, is a, a guy named William Carey. William Carey is known as the the father of modern missions that he uh, went to India to scatter the seeds of the gospel. He was proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ for over 40 years. And you know, he was faithful to let his light shine. Another is Adoniram Judson who went to, to Burma to do the same thing. Both of these men in the early 19th century going to other places to let their light shine and scatter the seeds of the gospel because the gospel had taken root in their soul and now they wanted to exhibit fruit. An even more recent example for us, I, I think, it is, is a guy named Billy Graham. And Billy Graham heard the gospel He received it as a gift, and it took root in his soul so much that it changed the course of his entire life. And that he preached to thousands and thousands of people wanting so badly for them to hear the gospel, for the seeds of the gospel to be scattered, that it would take root in the souls of people. So when we think about these two parables we need to see that the point is the fruit, right? The, the point of these two parables is that not only has the seed taken root on good soil, but now that it's exhibiting fruit, that that fruit is visible, and so when we think about the fruit of a believer, someone who's been changed by the gospel, I, I think there's two, two things that we need to talk about. The first is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, we find this in Galatians chapter 5. And, and I just want to read this to us this morning to remind, this, to remind us of this. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. That those things are actually visible to other people when the seed of the gospel has taken root in our soul. That we haven't just heard good advice. And now walked away from it just as uh, they, they did in Boy Meets World when Mr. Feeney would offer good advice and they would walk away and sometimes they would apply it and sometimes they wouldn't. But that actually when we hear the word of God that the seeds are scattered, that when we hear it and receive it as a gift and it takes root in our soul that now it actually changes what happens on the outside and how we interact with people that we actually exhibit the fruit of the spirit that we love because God has loved us that we have visible joy in our life that even when even when there's sadness and brokenness in this world that maybe directly affects us that we're still able to be joyful that there's there's peace there's There's inward peace because we know what God has done on our behalf. That there's patience. That there's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, right? That that these things are visible to other people. There's gentleness, there's self-control. That when people encounter a Christian, that they, they actually ask the question, like, why are you like that? How how in the midst of this tragedy can you actually have joy? And the reason for the joy that we have is because the seeds of the gospel have taken root in our soul. They're growing deep and we firmly believe who God is and what he said is true. Right? That we exhibit the fruit of the gospel. And I think the second fruit of a believer is good works. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26, we, we see this, uh, this writing of, of James, and, and he says that faith without works is dead. That, that actually, because we have faith in Christ, because we have a relationship with Jesus, we've been born again through the blood of Jesus, that now we exhibit good works. We don't do good works to save us. Okay, we're not earning our salvation, but that we actually do good works because God has saved us. That because God has saved me and changed my life, now I can go to my neighbor and I can help them fight through the struggle in their life. Right? That we exhibit good works that fruit is visible so let's consider for a moment our own hearts. Right, we, we hear that, that first parable this morning of the seed being sown on different types of soil. But I, I actually want to ask us the question, what kind of soil is in our heart? Have we, have we heard the gospel and received it as a gift and are now following Jesus as a born-again believer? Are we growing in our relationship with Him and exhibiting these fruit through good works and the fruit of the Spirit? Right, what, what type of soil do we have? And, and I, think, I think back over my years of, of youth ministry and trying to and not always doing a great job of just being faithful to proclaim the gospel and trust that God is going to, to plant those seeds and grow those seeds in good soil where they need to grow. But, but I've also experienced what I thought was seed falling on good soil. And now looking back at those students and, and seeing how they're living their lives now, it breaks my heart, right? They, Some of us probably have those same experiences maybe with family members. That that we have, we've tried to faithfully scatter the seed of the gospel and and it hasn't fallen on good soil. Excuse me. I I want us to focus inward this morning though and ask what type of soil is in our heart. What, What type of soil is in our heart? Are, are we exhibiting the fruit of a believer? And, and you, you, think about, you think about the community outreach, right, that we're going to go out and we're going to knock on doors and we're going to invite people to First Family Church and to be a part of Vacation Bible School. Folks, that, that's, that's awkward sometimes, right? I, I, I'm a church planter and that's awkward for me. It's awkward for me just to walk up to somebody's house and knock on the door, or ring the doorbell because inwardly I don't know what's going to happen when that door opens. And I'm I'm trusting that the roots in my soul are going deep and that I'm just trying to exhibit fruit and trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit in that whatever happens in that moment I'm just trying to scatter the seed of the gospel. And some of us this morning maybe The seed that needs to be scattered is in our own soul. Maybe the the seed that needs to be scattered is is in our family with our kids. Maybe it's in our extended family with parents and siblings and aunts and uncles and cousins and and so forth. I just I want to challenge you this morning to ask two questions. Is the soil that's in my soul good soil? Is, is the seed taking root in my soul? Is it growing? And am I exhibiting this fruit by just scattering more seed? And The second thing that, that I think we need to, to ask is not only is, is the seed falling on good soil within our hearts, but are we, are we faithful to that fruit? Are we faithful to scattering the seed to exhibiting faithful fruit so look, look at our take home truth again this morning i want us I want us to to close in, in looking at this again the evidential fruit of salvation is visible when the seed of the gospel takes root in a person's soul the evidential fruit some, something external that's visible to other people and, and it's the evidential fruit of salvation is visible. It, it is visible when the seed of the gospel takes root in a person's soul. So we need to ask ourselves that question. Has the, the seed of the gospel taken root in our soul this morning? I, I just want to ask you to, to just close your eyes and, and let's reflect in that. I I think I think back over the course of my life, and, and there's there's a lot of times that older, mature believers have have offered strong gospel influence on my life, and it's not taken root. I I don't want that to be said of us this morning. I want us to be able to say, yes, I heard the gospel truth this morning of the text. I heard what was said and yes, it's falling on good soil this morning. It's it's taking root. I, I don't I don't know. What that's going to look like yet, but, but yes, it's taken root and, and it's pushing down to those nutrients. I want to dig in, I want to grow, and I want to exhibit this fruit because God has saved me. As we think this morning and we reflect, <clears throat> maybe, maybe you came in this morning and you've, you've said for years... Yeah, I, I'll keep coming to church because I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing. I just don't believe everything that they say. Could, could you take a hard look at your heart this morning and evaluate what type of soil is there? How, how's the seed of the gospel landing in you this morning? Maybe you say, yes, I hear it. I believe it. I want to follow Jesus. Would you do that this morning? Would you do that this morning? Would you agree with God that your sin has separated you from him? Would you agree that the only way to pay for the penalty of sin was for Jesus to come? to go to the cross for his blood to be shed to pay that penalty? Would you agree that yes, God, you did raise from the dead just as you said you would? Would you agree that as we sang earlier that Jesus is alive? Would you just cry out to God this morning and say, God, would you save me? Can we all just examine our hearts and ask the question are we displaying fruit that the gospel has taken root in our soul? We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more messages, visit firstfamily.church forward slash sermons or subscribe to our podcast feed. Thanks for listening.